And I uh, appreciate y'all, man, tuning in once again. We're on episode 32. That's right, episode 32 of season two. And uh, oh, I know y'all see the lights uh, glaring in my glasses, but <laughs> I need them on right now because I can't see nothing. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, episode 32, man, we continue to rock on. I think I'm in uh, season two with 50 episodes. That way I'll be a little over 100. And then, you know, start planning something for season three for y'all, man. But uh, anyway, I thank y'all for supporting, liking, comment, sharing, whatever you've been doing uh, to spread the word about the podcast. We sure enough appreciate it. You had to do it, but you did. And um, I definitely want to thank all my guests that we had on the show thus far. Uh, episode 31, uh, I had my guest, Dr. Ava Sparks. Uh, she's over at A-Spark Ministries. Uh, motivational speaker, um, definitely encouraging. Uh, she gave us some jewels and some gems about how to um, stay strengthened in our faith, man, you know, and not waver because, you know, we're going through a lot right now that we haven't experienced before. And some people are struggling uh, extremely hard right now. So she gave us some jewels to uh, keep us positive. And uh, I want to get a pillow to sit on right quick. I feel like I'm slumping. <laughs> uh, there we go. But uh, just like with the last episode, this episode is no different. We try to give you quality content with quality guests. And uh, this one I've been waiting on for a minute. We've been trying to link up for a minute. Uh, we've just been missing each other. Uh, but I finally got him on. Uh, you know, I'm sure you done heard of him. The man I'm putting in work. He has projects upon projects. Uh, one of the coldest lyricists, not only uh, within the city, uh, not only within the region, not only national, nationwide, but internationally. Uh, and like the young boys say, that ain't no cap. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no cap on him. Uh, released over seven or eight solo projects. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he's an artist, producer, engineer, uh, over 10 years plus in the game. So he definitely know what he's doing. Um and just I, some of the projects I like from him, uh, well, it's too many to name for one. Uh, but recently, uh, I've been on um, Which Way Is Up. You know, that's one of my favorite projects right now. Uh, you definitely got some bangers on that joint. And uh, uh, what's the other project? Child Support. Uh, okay. Definitely. Yeah, yes, yeah. sir. So uh, I'm into it, man. That's why I've been trying to link up with you for a minute. Cause I, and I also love to pick your brain because I think you are an intellectual as well. Um, you know, and I want to know how you've honed your craft over the years and how you do what you do. Uh, but he's open for such artists as Drake. That's right. Drizzy Drake. Uh, Marvin's Room Drake. You know the Drake I'm talking about. Crew love Drake. Snoop, uh, Slum Village, Black Eyed Peas, just to name a few. And uh, I like him because his music definitely resonates with you. And uh, no matter what side of the coin you fall on, even if you're trapping or anything like that, he got soul food for you and he's conscious. And, you know, but at the same time, he is jamming. So uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the city. My kinfolk. Fifth child, what's going on, big dog? That was an amazing introduction. <laughs> hey man, I try to that do my thing, bro. Yeah, 
<laughs> you are, brother. You are. You are. Thank you for joining me, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's my pleasure, man. Yeah, it has been uh, a while in the making. We've been talking about it, so. Yeah. 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 I think I first mentioned it to you at uh, Dollar's uh, surprise party we gave him. It was my first time actually meeting you in person. Uh, although I had seen you, I had never got a chance to actually highlight you. So, uh, oh, yes, wow. sir. <laughs> definitely. Uh, uh, when I speak of our city legends, I definitely, I call them our Nipsey Hustles. Uh, you're definitely one of them. So we just want to give you your flowers while you can smell them, your keys, while you can still unlock them doors. And uh, how your day been going, brother? My day has been amazing, man. It was uh, it was really supposed to be my vacation, but <laughs> yeah, but my vacation ended up turning into like uh, um, a recording session for for somebody that lasted about five or six hours. So that's I know how that go. Like. <laughs> that's that's I, an off day. You know? I already know how that go, bro. Oh. You got you got kids? I don't have any kids. I no kids. Okay, that's something similar. I heard they run y'all ragged as well. Basically, <laughs> Basically. but uh, I know the uh, meaning, the background behind the name Fifth Child. Uh, but before I find out, I originally, you know, I just thought first came first thing that came to mind, you know, he must be the fifth child of the family. You know, what makes I'm saying? sense. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh. But my audience may not be familiar. Just give us a brief uh, breakdown of the actual meaning to you behind that name. Okay. Um, this is like the, the 32nd, you know, real brief breakdown. It's just um, when I started rapping, I was I was really just freestyling. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was like, when I was doing it publicly, I'm talking like 13, 14 years old. And right. I was a battle rapper. So there, um, many people might not know about a spot called uh, Seven. Mm-hmm. Jackson uh, from back in the day. But I mean, you had people like David Banner in there, like in there with everybody else. And so it, we would have these things called Lyricist Lounge Nights and everybody would be freestyling. So that's where I really got my start. And I was going by different names at the time. Um, but then when I was and that once again, that was my whole focus, just like battle rap. And I was talking like gun bars, a bunch of stuff I ain't never done, but it was <laughs> yeah. just like, it sounds cool, and this yeah. is music that I listen to, so I'm going to just rap like this, right? Right. And, um, it was good at it, you know, but when I I was 18 years old, and I remember sitting in uh, my mom's living room with her and my sister, and I know that my mom has never had the operation, so she couldn't have any children, she never had a tube side, and, mm-hmm. um, and so the order of my siblings, like my brother's the oldest, Two years later, it was my sister. Two years later, another sister. Then three years before I was born. And I always wonder why they broke that pattern or whatever. And uh, I asked my mom, I was like, you know, did you ever get pregnant again after I was born and, like, you know, not keep the baby? And she was like, she just stopped for a second and looked at my sister. And they just kind of made eye contact. She was like, I didn't get pregnant after you were born. I got pregnant before you were born. And we already had three kids and we had been moving back and forth from different cities. And I got pregnant again. And your daddy was like, no, you're trying to load me down with kids. We already got three kids. We don't need no more. And so we talked her into uh, actually terminating that pregnancy. Right. And um, so 
she was at the hospital about to have a, a tubal ligation. She could get a tube tied. And my grandmother was there, and this is in California. So she's like trying to talk her out of it. Like, no, nah, just have one more, make it an even number. Like, we like big families. Like, don't you right, really right. have to go through with this? And um, I mean, the, she had the gown on and everything. Like, she was ready to go into the operating room. The nurse walks in with the clipboard, like, all right, Ms. Brown, you ready to go? And she's like, you know what? I can't do this. Never mind. Got up mm-hmm. and Nine months later, I was born. Wow. So I didn't find that out until I was 18 years old. So it was like, dang, if I'm going to like be making music, if I'm going to just live in general, I need to make sure I'm living with purpose. I need to make sure that the words that come out of my mouth and how I use my platform needs to be something that's going to impact people po- positively. So it's more of a reminder to myself, like when you're on the mic, you represent more than just yourself and you need to right. understand something significant. Right, facts. Man, you couldn't have picked a better name. I would have went with that one too. You know what I'm saying? And uh you were influenced uh in music early by your brother, right? Yeah, my brother. And, yeah. and my dad also had a, a crazy record collection, like yeah, your dad. a ton of vinyl. Yeah. So what uh what's some of the records that stood out to you back then? Cause I kinda uh your style to me, you give me like a Primo J Dilla type vibe, you know what I'm saying? Uh, what's some of those records that stuck out to you uh, in your young age? So the stuff that um, I mean, just like every other child that ever lived, of course, a lot of Michael Jackson, yeah, um, but also a lot of Curtis Mayfield, a lot of um, like as a child, child when I was really, I'm your mama, I'm your daddy, I'm that nigga. <laughs> Man, Kurt, Curtis is Curtis yeah. like in my top three musicians ever, like for real. But yeah, a lot of Curtis. But then as I um, started getting into hip hop, I was listening to a whole lot of Tribe Called Quest, a whole lot of Daylight, a whole lot of Outkast, um, Farside, Goody Mob, definitely mm-hmm. Jay Z, Fuji's, Wu Tang, like um, some of everything. Yeah, and, and it just got broader and broader the older I got. And um, also, when I lived in New Orleans for some time, uh, I was in college there, and I was working at a record store. So that's when I got exposed to more rock and folk and electronic mm-hmm. and metal and some of everything. So the influences come from all over the place. I'm always fascinated in uh, how do, how y'all describe yourself? Just as musicians, or do y'all like the title producer rappers, or at, at this point, I say, at this point, I definitely say musician or artist. And the reason I say it is because now, at, at this point, when I'm doing music, it's like, honestly, 10, 15% of the time, I'm actually rapping. You know what I'm saying? There's so much other stuff. Like, it's, it's a guitar right there. It's a turntable right there. It's, you know, a keyboard over here. It's like whatever it takes to, uh, to get the job done and get the idea out. And then I've also been... Um, fortunate enough to be able to perform with people of different genres. Like you might see me performing with a DJ one night, mm-hmm. and the next night it's with a jazz band or a hard rock band, or just me and somebody with an acoustic guitar. So it's it's all over the place. But uh, as long as it's good music, you know that's that's the goal. It it just seems so difficult to me to like. I just wonder how it comes together in y'all head and just translates to sounds and beats to make an entire production and do you uh, 
do you write first and then tailor a track to that or do you never <laughs> never never yeah. let me tell you something man a lot of times you can hear when somebody does that because what happens is you start trying to force your words onto the beat whereas there are artists who are really really good at this and uh actually one of my homeboys um slim push is really good at this too but mm -hmm. using your voice like an instrument so where you are in harmony with the beat, you know, it's like your voice can be and should be just as rhythmic as the rest of the instruments in the beat. And so when there's that marriage like that, it's, it's even more impactful for the uh, for the audience, I think. So I always start with the beat first. Is it possible to choose which one you like doing more? Rhyming? Like production or a rap? Man, believe it or not, I hate writing. Word. <laughs> I hate it. I hate. I don't hate rapping. I hate writing, uh, because I'm not one of those people who can typically just sit down and just write about nothing. I used mm -hmm. to be able to do that. Like yeah. when I was when I was growing up, like if we were on a a long road trip, I'd have a composition book and a little Walkman with some you know some beats on it, and I would sit in the back seat and just like just write, write, write. And um and I did that for years, like over a decade of doing that. But um, as I got older and even seeing some of my favorite artists fall into this trap where they're writing and it's unfocused. Mm -hmm. Like you can tell that they had a million other things going on when they were writing and it's like the, so it's not as cohesive. Right. They had that kind of, um, that kind of substance to it. So what I started doing is I, I have a full-time job, you know? And so I take the last couple of weeks of the of the year off just about every year and during that time man it's crazy like god wakes me up at 3 30 a.m or three o'clock a.m every morning and i my i cannot turn my brain off and that's when i pull out the you know a notebook mm -hmm. and some paper and, and a pen and i promise it just flows out because i've had time to live between albums so like all the stuff that I've just been storing up and all the thoughts and ideas, it just starts pouring out once I have that time that's totally focused on that. Oh man. Do you think that's a genius skill? Create music? Can you read music or are you like more P. Diddy type? I'm by ear. I'm terrible at music theory. And I mean, I that was the class in college. Man, I don't, I don't think I deserve to see that I got. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, he had mercy on me because he saw I was struggling. But, um, yeah. like, I understand scales. So it's like, I couldn't, if you had some sheet music in front of me and says, all right, Phil, play this, like, that's going to be really difficult if it's going to happen at all. Mm -hmm. But if you say, okay, it's in this key, I can be like, okay, and let me just sit at the piano for like, 10 seconds i can figure out like all the notes that should go in there so it's, it's a lot more so um a lot more so by ear but um and it's very it's very few artists that can do both and and like you said had that cohesiveness i think of uh of course you i think a crit i think a cole uh as artists that can do that and still excel at both like that's just amazing to me, man. Yeah, definitely talented brothers. Uh, and you also do scoring as well. Like, how do you, I'm assuming that you would um, research the scene first, see what's going on, or are you just loaning out, sending out your music to these uh, production companies? Well, what has helped me get the those scores out most effectively 
is when I have a point of reference. And if, if there's, I like, mm-hmm. I think, first of all, and you mentioned something about genius earlier, I think everybody has genius level talent that they can talk, that they can tap into. Mm-hmm. And it's just about like knowing what your thing is and also getting to the point where it's like, I'm afraid, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like, yeah. I'm scared, but I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. That's pretty much the difference between geniuses and other people. But um, besides that, what I think I, one thing I think I excel at is listening. Mm-hmm. So when I say that, what I mean is if you give me a point of reference, like you say, I want something that sounds like Jill Scott, a long walk. Like the way my ears and the way it's just trained to do now, because I've been listening to music for so long, is I can break down every instrument and what it's doing and say, okay, so these, <laughs> this is the vibe that you're looking for. I can make something with that exact same vibe. Just give me mm-hmm. a point of reference. And so that's where with the film scoring, that's really helped out because now uh, if somebody's making film, they can say, I'm going to just put some placeholder music right here on this scene. And I want you to make something that feels that has the same feel. Don't duplicate the same song, mm-hmm. but just make something that captures that same emotion and has that same feel. Or even if they describe the scene to me, then I can like, okay, so what's the mood? Is it is it is it sad? Is it inspiring? Is it triumphant? Is it what you know? And all those words, the more notes I can get, I can like get it to them immediately, basically. You already know, man, in the afterlife, man, God gonna have you on that heart, boy. So get ready. <laughs> or, <laughs> or them keys or something. Right. Look, man. <laughs> Key to the city podcast. We got my Kimfo fifth child in the building with us. Uh you mentioned earlier uh, about your full-time job. You're involved in education, correct? Yeah. Uh, and I know that you've also mentioned uh, when you are writing or when you're making music, uh, you kind of think about those children that you deal with uh, and how the message would kind of come across to them. Um, so I guess this, um, the next question is kind of rhetorical, but uh you deal with children all the time. How does music impact them, like in a positive or negative manner? Does it have as much hold as much weight as people try to make it seem when it comes to them? You know, uh, not necessarily being fully mature and making decisions and doing what they seem is cool and, or peer pressure. You know, I mean, I, I think it's. Is just being naive to assume that music has no impact mm. on kids. Um, because, and and once again, hip hop is not even when we're talking about hip hop, hip hop and just music is you know the whole culture, right? Right, so you know, I like I said, I grew up listening to Jay Z for years, you know, I never wanted to be a dope boy, like, right. I, never wanted, I never wanted to sell drugs. And it's like, but that also wasn't the just the only message that I was getting from his music. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not the that's not the only or underlying message in the music. And so, um, I guess I, I guess I had the wisdom at the time to be able to discern which which part is art and which part is is this something that I need to go follow? Like, I could watch. Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, I'm not going to go and like shoot up a whole city for the people. The same thing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like, so at, at some point, there is some accountability, not just on the um, 
on the part of the of the listener, but also uh, on their parents and influences. Like it doesn't even have to just be biological parents, but the strength of a mentor. Like I had strong, I had like a few strong mentors in my life. So I knew the difference, you know, um, once again, between art and something that was just going to be self-destructive. So right. having said that, not everybody has that. Exactly. Not everybody, not everybody has that. For some people, for some of my friends growing up, like the only male figure they had was 50 Cent, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> the only male figure that some of these kids hear on a regular basis is Chief Keep, you know? But... Mm -hmm. um, but like I grew up in the household with my dad. Once again, back in the in the nineties and early two thousands, it was really on some it takes a village type of vibe, at least in, in Jackson's neighborhood that I came from. So I had that strong community of, of men, even if they weren't my biological father who was still involved in teaching me the right things to do. Mm -hmm. But yeah. But once again, like I said, I know not everybody has that. So I keep that in the back of my mind um, creating. Yeah. And another thing I think uh um uh which kind of piggybacks on this question because uh, I feel like we're around the same age, uh, but the kids is growing up now. They got such easy access to everything. I was just wondering how many of them was watching their verses with Gucci and Jeezy, and Gucci was just going nuts out there, man. And uh, <laughs> it was just, first of all, what's your thought on the whole uh, versus as a whole, like that particular battle? Uh, like, who would you say was your winner? And then, what's up with Gucci, man? man what's up with Gucci, man? man? Well, first of all, it was I, I came in with a bias because I'm yeah. I'm like hardcore Jeezy fan. Yeah, yeah, hardcore Jeezy fan. And the thing is, I like I like the 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 flashy uh, cinematic like the orchestras type Jeezy, you know, like the Justice mm -hmm. League beats and. Yeah, like I like that. I mean, I like this hood stuff too, but I particularly like those real lush arrangements and stuff like that from Jeezy. And he didn't even do any of that stuff. He just did street stuff, which I mean, for that versus it, it makes sense mm -hmm. um, because that's that's really what that's his history. But his catalog is so much deeper than uh than, the, than even than the stuff he played that night. Yes, Lord. But, um, and like I said, I like I like all of it honestly. Now I was never a huge fan of Gucci. I I get it though. Like I understand. For people who, who really, really rock with Gucci, like I, I understand. But mm -hmm. as somebody who um I definitely love production, but the lyrics catch me first. Yeah. The lyrics catch me first. And then with the production, um GCU samples a whole lot more than Gucci. And so me growing up on sample-based music, that's, mm -hmm. once again, the stuff I gravitated to. Um, and even the subject matter was was more well-rounded to me than uh, than Gucci. Yeah. Once again, having said that, like, I, I get it. <laughs> I get yeah. it. Um, but Did your mouth drop when that truth beat dropped? I said that boy ain't gonna play that song, man. Man, cause look, I, I was I was watching it with my wife. Like we were sitting there eating dinner and watching the verses, like in in, in my studio or whatever. And yeah. um, and that's I was like, babe, he playing that song. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what he says in that song? 
Like, he's right there, man. He's right there. He's sitting right there. I was like, wow. Like, because I mean, you see rappers, you know, perform diss tracks, but rarely is the other rapper like sitting <laughs> 10 feet away from you when you're doing it. And I mean, that's not just any diss song. He's like bragging about murdering your friend <laughs> in self defense, but he's like, and then right. the cat lives at the end, like, yeah. Put that nigga in the dirt. Like, put him in the dirt. Like, I was like, oh. I was like wow. Smoking on that pookie low. I was like, come on, man. You wow. going too far. But hey, man. But it, it was a moment, though. And it's like, we heard about the the I Declare War show um, years ago when Jay-Z brought Nas on stage. Mm-hmm. Like and and how big of a moment that was and stuff like that, but nobody ever there were no bodies involved in that beat. <laughs> like nobody actually got physically harmed. So just to to see them end it on that note, I thought that was huge. I thought that was huge for the verses platform. I thought that was huge for southern hip hop. Like in and in general, going back to your question earlier about um about people being influenced by music, like we need more images of conflict resolution and constructive conflict resolution. Like it doesn't, that's okay. something that we, that we don't have. We see the front part of it. We know how to get into beef, but we don't see public images, public images of uh, grown men, grown black men, you know, settling stuff. So, mm-hmm. man, that's a good point. I didn't even think about it like that. Uh, I'm glad you said that. Uh, Man, I got so many questions for you. I'm going to try like three, four more. I don't want to hold you over. No, I'm good. Uh, one, before I get into um, to pro- the production projects you dropped recently, uh, I kind of want to go off on a tangent. And like, why is age such a factor in hip hop when it comes to artists? You don't have, am I breaking up? Mm. Start breaking up a little bit. Say something. Test, 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 test. You good now? All right. Why is age such a factor uh, when it comes to hip hop artists? You don't, you don't see that. You have rock and roll artists, country artists that tour to they seventy five, eighty, things like, or even R and B. But why is it with hip hop that we kind of put like, even though I feel like we kind of coming out of it. Of course, Jay been doing his thing. He got recent projects by Buster. Which is, uh, that bus project is hard. Yeah. Hard. So uh you think as time progresses that that eventually fades away or what? Well, I think it's for a number of different reasons. Once again, like like I said, hip hop is is not just the, the music, the music. It's, it's the culture. Mm-hmm. You know, and the culture was was started as like youth rebellious culture. You know, um, you don't see, and while we do see uh, older rock bands, we don't see many, like, older punk rock bands. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, like, just this this sub subsect of the culture is um, kind of geared towards you. But then we also didn't see many instances of older rappers aging into hip-hop gracefully. Because what mm-hmm. would happen is they would try to do stuff like the young guys, and that will right. it just didn't work, you know. Right. So you look more uncool trying to do stuff like the young guys. So, like, yeah, 
Jay Z and, and Buster are, you know, doing well and making that transition. And once again, you have some a lot of other artists who are doing that as well. But mm-hmm. they're also not trying to hop on Uzi Vert songs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like they they know they know. Okay, this is my lane, and I'm going to <laughs> this is where I'm not saying I'm not going to grow artistically, but I'm also not going to be that old guy trying to play basketball out there with, with the young guys. So I'm like, you know, it's going to look weird. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there is a perfect lane because hip hop is growing up. Hip hop fans are growing up. And, you know, we want to hear what somebody with a wife and kids has to say. Like, I, I think that there's good content that from that, you know, mm-hmm. um, and not everything is, is in the club. That's not my life experience right now. So I like to hear people rap about what I'm living as well. Facts. Good point. I couldn't say it no better. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, um, if you had to choose, you hate writing. Uh, and we can tell you love production a lot. Um, you're known for dropping a, a bunch of production projects. First of all, what's your uh, outside of uh, getting it out of your head and enjoying your craft? What's your purpose behind the uh, the beat project? So, all right. I Man, I have thousands, thousands of beats, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I don't mean that when I say this, I'm not trying to sound uh, I don't mean to sound petty or passive aggressive, but um, when I'm making stuff that I'm not able to sell often to artists here, either because of the price or because if a bunch of people want trap beats, it's like, well, I have so much stuff that's not trap. Like, what am I going to do with it? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then I get artists that are like, no, this is exactly the style that I'm looking for. Like, great, let's work. You know, but mm-hmm. um, I also, while I want to be versatile in my production, I know what I really enjoy making. And I know I really enjoy making these melodic, like, sample-based beats. But once again, if I don't have the the, the audience of people who are going to rap to it, man, you know what I do a lot is like, I'll go and find acapellas of trap songs and put them on top of my soul beats and be like, look, you I saw that. Yeah. Like, it can work. Like, yeah. You know, I put, I put, uh, um, last time I checked, there was man on these streets. They Jesus. Like I put that on a soul beat, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a, there's a whole, list of projects uh, on my band campaign called Gems. And this mm-hmm. makes the elevator music sampler. And that's what all that whole series of projects is, just me putting trap acapellas on soul beats. So um, once again, because I want to hear it and I find out that fans want to hear it as well. Mm-hmm. I'm like, even if I don't have words to it, let me just start putting out these instrumental albums. Because I like to listen to instrumentals. And find that, you know, other people do too. So why not? Yeah, I'm always driving, man. I bust a freestyle in a minute. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's perfect. Uh, what's the 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 most recent one? Um, Shut up and say something. What's the meaning behind that title? So that was always meant to be. Um, I always planned to do a project like that, mm-hmm. and especially with those track names. Yeah, but um, I didn't know it was going to be called that until like maybe a day before. You know, uh-huh. I, I, I know I want to put out a instrumental project and um, I knew I wanted to be like protest music thing. Right, right. And um, 
Yeah, and once again, I knew it was going to have those titles, but the, the names came up like right before I released it. So I, I actually put that in. The, uh, some Most of the beats are old on there, too, honestly. Wow. Most of the beats are pretty old, but uh, still capture the, the mood that I wanted for it. You have to be inspired to make a beat, or you just it's second nature right now? I'm, I'm always inspired to make beats. Wow. Oh, right, man. Oh, uh, I think initially I lied, uh, said which way is up. It was like uh, my favorite project from you. I think I'm going to put it at like either two or three uh, because honestly, the uh, the conversations with God is the best to me. Uh, you're a monster, man. I, I remember vividly making that. Mm-hmm. Definitely what mode was you in behind this album? Like, uh, was it like a full circle moment for you or something? Well, my conversations. Yeah. Or just reaching deeper into your spiritual bag. With my conversations, oh, that's number seven. Yes, yeah, number seven. And mm-hmm. so <clears throat> the way the, the projects kind of go, like it was Fifth Child, the self-titled album was the fifth one. And that one was kind of like, I just wanted, wanted to show my range. So it mm-hmm. was like every type of song, like every type of beat, like all kinds of stuff all over the place. And, um, and I liked it a lot, but I knew the next one I wanted, but it was all stuff I was comfortable doing. And the next one, um... <laughs> Love Letters and Suicide Notes. Mm-hmm. That one was uh, a bit darker, but I wanted to tell a story. And so that, that one had like an, an actual theme that I was shooting for, like one central theme. And right. so when it came time for my conversations with God, I kind of dealt with a lot of my personal issues that I was dealing with when I made Love Letters and Suicide Notes. Um, I was a lot more mature. Like I, mm-hmm. I just got a, a a new job, and so I was just in a different headspace um, with my conversation with God. But I was also at the time really examining the whole idea of fatherhood, and that's the underlying theme of that whole project. Yeah, is 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 fatherhood, and so I got my dad talking on you know one of the songs, and, mm-hmm. uh, and then the intro. I don't know if you familiar with that movie Fresh. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's that clip from Fresh at the uh-huh. with Sam Jackson, you know, yeah. talking about Fresh and stuff like that. But um, but yeah, it was it was really me dealing with that whole idea of fatherhood and mentorship and being held accountable for what you say on um, mm-hmm. records and uh, I guess showing vulnerability. Yeah, you did it, man. Powerful project, bro. And uh, what's your thoughts on like the uh, just the local scene in Jackson right now? Uh, the artists, uh, the different type of music we have coming out. Um, what type of space you think it's in right now? I think right now it is probably better than it's ever been. Agreed. I think it's better than it's ever been for a number of different reasons. One, because you're seeing artists really take ownership of their of their destiny. Mm-hmm. It's like we're not. At, at one point, we had to wait for certain venues to to let us in the door and now we're creating our own spaces right um you got young artists who are getting out there and like 
shooting videos regularly and creating content and engaging with fans and taking advantage of social media. And I mean, they're just doing amazing things. Um, and one, like I was telling somebody else recently that there's a Mississippi artist for whatever, like a Jackson artist specifically, for mm -hmm. whatever style you want, like whatever type of rapper you like, whatever type of hip hop you're into, there's somebody from here that does something like right. that. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then also seeing the the artists that are my age and uh, around that that same around that same uh, age just create art that's that's off the charts, like the stuff that Coke Dumaye is doing, you know, stuff that mm -hmm. Dollar Black is doing, and creating a brand around their 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 music. I think that's yeah. that incredible. Um, my only, my only, not even criticism, but one thing that I would just like to see happen more often is I want to see artists be able to monetize their brand. Yeah. I want to see them be able to to actually get the, like the artists who you think, you know, maybe super jamming, everybody knows them doing real well, like on platforms, stuff like that. And then you find out that they're not even registered with a PR right. getting no royalties for anything. Mm -hmm. They put out this album, Miss Super Jamming, and it's all least beats off YouTube that they can't even really, really make money off of. It's like, man. And on the producer scene, it's like you got producers who make incredible stuff and they're like, man, I just don't I don't even know how to get somebody to use my stuff. So I'm just I just been giving stuff away because like, man. I, if if anything, that's that's the side that that's where the void is, the business side of things, mm -hmm. you know, and um, yeah, that that's where the the growth, where is the greatest room for growth at the moment. Maybe you need to start charging for some classes, man. So I, but <laughs> <laughs> funny you should say that. <laughs> Keep it under wraps, don't. Funny you should say that. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but no, seriously, like I and this is very there are very practical things that people can do, and that's why I think they don't understand. I, and every this isn't like, uh, oh man, I'm I'm not gonna tell you unless you pay me, sort of thing. Like I'm talking to any and everybody who asks, like they have questions. Let me help you avoid some of the the obstacles and roadblocks that I ran into. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you now. I know this place. This little online contest whatever they're saying oh yeah you pay this money and you can open up for so and so or we got these a and r's from such and such gonna be in the building you can pay for like absolutely not right absolutely right, right. Not. i can't tell you and like i don't even cuss but man like <laughs> I've, I've gotten really heated discussions like when an artist told me that somebody was trying to charge them to perform like are you crazy so you don't believe in that model at all no <laughs> No matter no. who, <laughs> no, I don't. If <laughs> pay play, no, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Because the thing is, especially not in a, in a city like Jackson. Mm, mm, in a city like mm, Jackson, I mean, mm. there's one degree of separation between you and anybody. Okay. You and Preach. anybody. Jackson is that big. Mm -hmm. And you know, rather than waiting for this. A promoter to put you on this show and charge you for this performance like, like you can literally go talk to the venue owner yourself and say look this is what I've done so far on my own and I might not get you know 500 people in here but this is a show that I want to put on and and you'd be surprised how many people are willing to work with you if you right. are professional you know and handle it like a real businessman man and so um, no nah, I'm, I'm not with that at all 
I'm not doubt. Well, Ooh. I'm sorry. I, I hate to keep going, but no, nah, go ahead. Rather see than five artists um, pay some pay a promoter to get on the show so they can perform. It's like, okay, well, how much does it cost to book this venue for this night? Come on. Because if it's five hundred dollars, you got a hundred dollars. You got a hundred. You got a hundred. You got a hundred. Let's put in on it. We'll do the, the show ourselves, promote it ourselves, and keep all of the money. Exactly. Crazy fan base. Like, that's where my head is at. And that's the point I want to see the younger artists get to. Exactly. I'm with you, man. You just gave a sermon right there, man, on everything. Uh, last two questions for you, I promise. Uh, are you satisfied with what you've done so far in your career? You know what? Every time that I release an album, mm -hmm. I sleep well at night because I know everything that I had in me up to that point, I gave it. Okay. Every project. I don't leave anything on the table. Like, so because of that, what I've done so far, if you heard something from me, that was the absolute best I could do at the time. Okay. You know, and so I'm always looking, always looking forward, always looking to to grow, become a better rapper. Because like I think I can grow a lot as a rapper, honestly. You know, I think I can grow a lot as a as a producer. Um, just the music that inspires me and the music that I listen to, the ideas that bounce around in my head. Sometimes I think I'm not famous enough for some of my ideas. Like, man, if I had all the money and resources, this is what I would do. I, like when Kanye was talking about the glow in the dark tour and like. I want to have like giant like all that stuff but mm -hmm. um but i'm i'm satisfied with what i have done so far i'm not stopping anytime soon because i know there's so much further i can go lastly what does success look like to fifth child what does success look like to fifth child success looks like being able to create on your own terms, on my own terms, mm. and um, and for it to be received worldwide, mm. I want to be able to create on my own terms. I want to be able to create the music that I want to make and market my image the way I want to market it, and it be received on a worldwide platform. Um, I think I gratefully appreciate the the stuff that you said today. You know about like the albums that you listen to and and just how my music has, how you have a very positive reaction to my music. And mm. what I always think is, okay, you, you feel that way and you're here. You're here in, in, in Jackson. So it's like, I'm sure there's somebody in Australia who if they heard it, will probably feel the same way. Exactly. And, exactly. and so I'm, I'm happy with what I've done so far, but I know it could be, on a much bigger scale. So success in the fact that I'm true to myself and I don't put out a record unless I feel like, like my heart was in it. So I'm successful in that aspect. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel even more successful. Like I said, once again, when I can reach the ears that have never heard fifth child before. Well, it's coming dog. You just gotta, I say, keep what you keep doing what you've been doing. And, uh, you know, especially nowadays with social media, you get across the world immediately. You know, very true. Very true. so uh, we salute you, man. Here, key to the city, and uh, you know, everybody go out and support this brother. Uh, give us your social media handles. 
everything is at Fifth Child Music. There it is right there. At you Fifth see Child right Music. there on the screen. Uh, go out. For, uh, I said that's another lecture for young artists about linear marketing. <laughs> Keep Speak on it. One handle for, <laughs> for everything. No, okay. This is Fifth Child Twitter. And this is your boy Fifth Child and blah, blah, blah. This is like, no, one message. It'll set search engine optimi search engine optimization. Give me the technical term for it again. Oh, linear marketing. Linear marketing. Linear marketing. That means that's one message that like you can type in fifth child music and a million links will pop up because every social media platform, all that, it's the same thing. Mm. See, that man a teacher, man. He gonna school you. <laughs> hey man, you need to go ahead and get on that class, brother. Start working on it. I'm sure you already on in the works with it. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's in the works. But like I say, we appreciate you stopping through, King. Appreciate you, everybody that's tuning in, watching this episode. Continue to support. And we're going to keep bringing you guests like Fifth Child, man. This is a Key to the City podcast. I'm your host, you can folk, Keone G. He is Fifth Child. Peace and blessings. We out. Peace All right, you. boss. All right. God bless. Same to you, boss.